Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm John. And Jeff Thompson. Welcome back. Oh, yeah, don't cut that, Jeff. Welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, but do it all with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. Positive critical. I just plosive right out in the ass. Sorry, Dave. Um, positive okay, critical sorry, eye. Um, we try to keep it positive. Whenever we don't say anything positive, we say something negative. We dip into the underworld. We hear this sound. That sound means we have to take a drink, and we hope you drink along with us. Ooh. Yeah. So pour yourselves a glass, because once you go black, your dialogue sucks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No. Uh, uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right, here's our pre-show shot, everybody. Pre-show shot. Let's kick this off. Woo! I think that was a movie reference. Okay, people, we are talking about Black Adam today. The new film just came out starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Not sure if you heard of him. Uh, you know, big up and comer. We, um, if, you, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Dave set up a link tree so you can find out all about us, who we are, who we're from, all of our... Never mind, it's going to go down a dark road. Um, we, we try to keep it spoiler-free for a couple minutes, so in case you haven't seen this movie or road, another movie... Or if, or if there's another Good. movie that we're covering, if you want to just sort of hear our initial takeaways, kind of get into the episode, and then we'll send you on your way before we start to spoil. Um, and then at the end of each episode, we try to give you some recommendations, things we've been watching, etc. cetera. Uh, but first, let's kick it to John for some shout outs. Ciberoso bar. What? That's, that's just not it at all. Ciberoso dot beer. Maybe you've heard of this man. We've spoken his name several times. And by several times, I mean every single episode because he is the one and only Carlos mm. Barozo. He is our beer sponsor. Carlos, if you're alive, if you're still making beer, send Carlos. them to us and let us drink them. Carlos. <laughs> Dude, we miss you. We miss your beer, but we That's still right. mention you every single you. episode because we love you and the beers are great. <laughs> hey, uh, we want free guessed. beer so bad we mentioned his name for a year and a half <laughs> since the last time. He got us started. He got us started. He's, he's in his place. Like spilling beer yeah. all over your carpet. It was it was Absolutely. great. And yeah. he sent you all beer throw. Anyway, we've talked about it yeah. before. Uh, and Dasein <laughs> is the music artist. D A S E I N Dasein. All the music on this podcast is also available on all the music platforms for free, along with his entire canon. Go there to any platform and download, he has like, a cannon? Love, do all the things right now. He has what, a cannon. Where the fuck did he get a cannon? Jesus, Dave. <laughs> Um, <laughs> somebody buzzed John, but it worked out because we did the same thing. Okay, so we're gonna get John's to Black Adam. Mashing over there. We're, we're gonna get to Black Adam in a second. Dave here is our resident superhero expert, so maybe he can tell us who the hell this character is. Uh, but before that, we always like to do our gripes of the week to get our shit off our chest. So if you're here for the movie, please stick around for just like two more minutes while we get through this. Otherwise, you can hit that plus thirty seconds. I've done it before, but it's not an ad. This is shit we're dealing with, people. So try to stick it out. Gripes of the week. Does any Buddy, besides me, of course, have a gripe that they would like to share. I do. I'll gripe this week. Yeah, well, we're all, right. all gonna gripe. Gripe timer. Let's go. Who? Uh, let's go. Uh, who went first last week? D- John can go first. John's locked and loaded. I'll go first because it's, it's small potatoes. It's not. It's not. The stakes are not high here. All right. Gripe, gripe timer. All right. AMC. We've talked about this oh, before, no. but I'm officially calling you out. There are so many people that are A-list now. Your fucking A-list refreshments line doesn't work. It doesn't matter. There are too many of us. I literally, Elizabeth went to A-list to use my card. I stayed in the regular one, and I got there fucking first. 
And we saw other people do that. And then they wouldn't let us go because we were in the A-list line, even though we were A-list fucking members. They were calling A-list people from the A-list line and we were saying, we're A-list, we just wanted to go into a faster line. And they said, I'm sorry, you need to wait in the A-list line. So it's now a problem to be A-list. <laughs> so AMC, you've got a problem on your hands. We finally get our fucking popcorn and it's only the tiny little popcorn. It's like the end of the, you guys got to get your refreshments in order. We're all coming back to the movies and I love it. I love seeing so many people at the movie theater. Get your fucking refreshments in order, people. I actually, I, I actually love that, that enough. I actually love that rant and I couldn't third that enough, but unfortunately it was something negative. So we have to drink, even though it does stick its middle finger up to major corporations, sure. which we like doing on this My podcast. refreshment experience was also negative. So this was... <laughs> Double negative. <laughs> I'm drinking. I'm drinking. Right, I'm with what you. do we got? Who, who's next? Dave? All right. Uh, I'll get through this as fast as I can because something you said last week, uh, right at the end of the episode about Andor uh, not doing well in the numbers. And what I've been watching this week is Andor being gleefully reported by uh, like toxic fans and websites that just uh, clickbait as having low viewer numbers. And I'm sorry. I'm just yeah. like, you, you wanted new stories. This is almost entirely new. And yet the fandom's just crapping all over it and tuning out after two episodes. And for those of you yeah. that are waiting for it to be all available so you can watch the whole thing, you're part of the problem. A show's future is sometimes decided in the first month. It sucks, but it's true. And all you're yeah. doing is putting the second season they already have planned at risk. No, they're already going to do the yeah. second season, but yeah. still. I mean, well, no, maybe not. Like They've canceled other things. Do you have any idea? Like, just, just sit through it and enjoy it for what it is. Do you have any idea the kind of crap I've had to sit through for this podcast? Doctor Strange, <laughs> Thor, Stay Hungry. Okay, the first two weren't that bad on the rewatch, but don't get me fucking started about that third one. All right, so sit down, shut up, watch the show, not for the show, but for the next show, which might not make it because you had to make yourself feel a little more important by shitting on someone's creation. And I'm just going to ultimately question the community's I, I taste agree. if they are starting to say that that's the show that we need to be complaining about. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. Mm. Guys, guys, Honestly, come on. dude, if it guys. was Warner Brothers, it would have been canceled by now as a tax deduction. Guys, yeah. sociology, you know the people who are talking about this, they're not talking about the show. They're not talking about the show. They're talking yeah. about the circus. They're not talking about the act. They're talking about the circus. They're trying they to make themselves be a part important. Of shit. Um, and I don't, I won't stand. I'm not having people. it. I'm not having it. We talked about Tara last week. Go see Tara. All right, let's All right, set Jeff, that timer. What do you got, dude? Hit it what up. What do you got, Jeff? This is why I come right. here every week for this. <laughs> All right. I I had a rant ready from last week that was going to be another, like, corporate thing that I was going to get really pissed about. But then today, I um, I, I took I took a poop in the Penn Station bathroom Yeah. today. Are you okay? And everything everything <laughs> everything changed. Um. I actually went the into the one bathroom. I had to, look, it has to happen. I, I would say like once out of every 30 times, I actually have to poop in the pants. I, I like, don't do did, it very often. I don't want to do that. Did anybody see me visibly shiver when he said that? that? Nobody <laughs> wants to do it. So I went and I went and I, it had to happen. So I went into the bathroom and I was like, this can't happen. So I went to the other bathroom in the supposedly new section. And I was like, oh no, the other one's better. I mean, guys, this is the most traveled train station in the country. We all know that a lot of homeless people use it to take baths. And that is not a disrespect to homeless people. That's a disrespect to the way we 
treat homeless people. Yes. We literally say, go use Penn Station bathrooms. And I'm convinced we make these bathrooms as shitty as possible to dissuade homeless, or I don't know, but there is no way that the most traveled train station, certainly in the Northern Hemisphere, if not in the entire world on a daily ridership basis, more than a half a million people per day use this train station and not one usable shitter in the entire place. It happens. You get a half a million people, somebody's gonna have to shit and not one bathroom is usable. It, it is, it's, it's just, it's, what is it? We live, people, we live in a society. <sighs> train travel is not a society. You train know what, dude, train anyone, travel is survival, anyone, the survival of the fittest. Anyone who has lived in New York knows that they do not want you using the bathroom in public. That city, nope. that is coveted information. We were saying last week, you know, you're a New Yorker when you curse someone out in public. You also are a New Yorker when you know where to shit at the decent bathrooms in public. Matt and Mark dedicated like 40 minutes of an episode in their early their early days to talking about their favorite places to shit around Midtown. Really? Just because it well, is so hard train, to find places to use the bathroom in New York City. I got a my, ticket for pissing in public like twice when I lived in New York because <laughs> I couldn't find a place to piss downtown. It was like, well, I'm just going to have to pee somewhere around a, a corner and then... Uh, are you, are you um, on a saw, sex offender list? Because that can happen. <laughs> I saw I saw somebody pee on the street the other day. That was fine. Um, they do not right. want you to use the bathroom there. All right, Black Adam. Let's do it, Black Adam. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna before we talk about the movie, I want to kick it to Dave though to, to talk about this character. But let me set up. Should I set up the movie first? Or do you want to set up the character? First? I'll set up the movie first. So we do this our is... go around, and then we'll let Dave like take us into okay. our deeper discussion. So Black Adam, if you don't know by now, uh, it stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson, of course. It also stars Sarah Shahi, the co-star of Michael Bolton's Big Sexy Valentine's Day special of 2017. That's right. She was also a person of interest in a lot of TV shows. This is directed by Jamma Call It Sarah, who also directed the Enrique Iglesias Esperanza music video. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> Done some other stuff. Oh, I'm so glad he directed. Yeah, yeah that, that's for you. <laughs> so good. <laughs> he directed the the shallows at least. <laughs> <laughs> at least four oh. Liam Neeson action movies, at least four. <clears throat> and 2021's Jungle Cruise, which, guess what? Dwayne the Rock Johnson connection. This is oh, co written wow. by yeah. Adam Stiskiel who wrote Rampage, Due Date, Maid of Honor, and is one of those last names where you have six consonants in a row without a vowel. And then this also co-stars Aldous Hodge, Mo Amer, Quintessa Swindell, and of course, Marion Kenzari, who was Jafar in Aladdin, and Pierce Brosnan, people. Pierce Brosnan is in this. I still don't know what his superpower is, but it was pretty cool. It was gold, that's for sure. This movie had a reported $200 million budget, which almost covered The Rock's salary. And it made $67 million domestic opening weekend, $140 million worldwide, which is not great by Marvel standards. Would be great by Sunita Pacifica standards. It's a film made by these two gentlemen right here. It's pretty good As by DC right, standards. That would have been great. And pretty that good by DC said, yeah. <laughs> um, and here's, here's the story going into this film, which is it has really bad reviews. It has a 40 Metacritic score. It has a 7.1 on IMDb, but a 39% Rotten Tomato score among critics. However, a 90% audience score as of today, which I actually think went up since an article came out about how it had a higher audience score than critic score, which feeds into our conversation before. I, I wonder, People I, just want to talk about the circus. They don't give a shit about I, the yeah, I, I wonder. I, I wonder, is a lot of that influenced by all the extra stuff they've announced on the back of this? 
maybe. But anyway, so that's it. so audiences are liking it more than critics, but I don't think they actually like I don't think it's actually a 90%, but I think they just, you know, for some reason audiences just like a good story. I think that's what's it. Yada yada yada. It's about this character, Black Adam, who none of us had ever you at home had never heard of this character, unless you're one of about six people who read the comics. Maybe Dave. Dave, have you ever read the comic? I Black never Adam? read the comics for Black Adam, you, no. You probably had heard of the character though, oh, yeah. so I should be yeah. fair. All right. Initial takeaways, people, spoiler free, before we send our friends on their way. Who would like to go first with your how did it feel, your initial takeaway? I'll go. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a preemptive oh, buzz. Boy. Just the way I have a whole bag of with your name on it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you actually have to drink. We have a pretty good YouTube following, people. Well, at least yeah, they watch okay, our I'm videos. Drinking. They don't I'm subscribe, drinking. but they watch. Okay, go ahead. I drank um, as well because that was a fake buzz. So, first and foremost, and I mean this wholeheartedly, and I can't praise it enough because I couldn't stop thinking about it in a really refreshing, wonderful way. Hell yes, for seeing movies of this caliber made by Ameri- for you know for Western audiences that star people that look like that. It was a Middle Eastern story, yeah. and it was finally like it was cool seeing like it brought to that part of the world. Yes, they used a fictional substitute for a place like Iraq or a place like, you know, what, what, what it may have been somewhere like Tehran or somewhere, somewhere it was like standing in as a symbol mm. for a place that was a very powerful Middle Eastern, uh, once was a very powerful Middle Eastern empire that had fallen. I loved that. I loved the fact that they were trying to make so much direct commentary on like, who are the heroes? Uh, it's a question that lives throughout thematically. It eventually gets brought to the main character of Black Adam, and they, you know, they put it right on him. But the whole time, that wasn't my favorite part. My favorite part was that was that the people in the city and the sub, you know, the humans who were not superheroes, they were enabling Black Adam and kind of a part along for his ride. The mother, the scientist, the researcher, and her son mostly kept re- bringing up the question that who, why the fuck are you here to liberate us if like you know this person is is here to liberate us now that, that is the be- that is the best very... speech in the movie like where the fuck have you it been it is yeah um there was a part of me that also couldn't help but look at the the thematics and the optics of that and then and that i think that some people are going to find that very questionable to say that somebody who's willing to kill to stand up for those nations is is a hero i mean there's, it, I liked how murky they handled that because it isn't really clean. We're getting into geopolitics, and I appreciated that they left it not black and white. The whole point was that it was gray, and it depends on where you live. That one line by The Rock, not your child, not your country. You don't get to make the decision. Like There were moments like that where I was like— Which was oh, learned. Dude, that was- he, he learned that lesson, too, which was good. Mm. Yeah, and th- you know, so those are my favorite parts about it. Overall, as a movie— I think it suffered suffered for me from the eternal syndrome. Too many superheroes, too many characters I had never seen before, not enough time to get into them, so I relied on a lot of tropey dialogue and um, a lot of really fun, cool action sequences that were great, but I just didn't connect to them as much as I wanted to because I don't really feel like I got emotionally connected to anyone, and I mean anyone, outside of probably those humans, not the superheroes. I did... I was with them for the whole time. I kind of cared about them the most, which was interesting. And that was kind of fun to see them subvert that a little bit. That I don't was, know if that they was did an that interesting thing purpose. to make you to make like that you came out of that caring more about the humans than the superheroes in the superhero if they story. They did that on purpose. Yeah. Pat on their backs. And I think that's really cool. I think they wanted me to care more about the superheroes. And and I just and I just didn't. Um and I, I wish I, I did. 
but I didn't. So I think that that's just my ultimate takeaway. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need to see what happens to any of these people after this movie. And that's kind of the best part about giant anthological superhero sagas is that you kind of see where they come from. If it's an origin, you kind of see where they are. If it's a pickup and we'll tell you the origin later in the saga, I'm not really sure where they plan on going with this guy. And I don't give a shit if I ever see him again. And that's kind of sad just because I enjoyed watching him kick ass. I kind of enjoyed the major ideas of his character and how he fit into that giant legend. It was really cool. I think there may have been three movies in this one movie, and I think it may have been better if it was just one movie. But let's, I want to hear what you guys think. Not better. Dave? I shouldn't have said that. I think, I think I may have connected more if it had just been one storyline. Sorry, keep going. Dave? I, uh, I, first of all, I, I just want to say, like, when, as I was leaving, because I sat right to the end of the credits, um, mainly to see wh what visual effects companies and stuff worked and what they, they used in some of the gear, because you, you look at the operator credits and you can see. And, uh, but I'm sitting there at the end of the credits and I've, it's finished and I've picked up my stuff and the ushers have come in. And this one usher is like, okay, guys, thanks for coming. Remember, no spoilers, all right? And I'm like, I fucking love this guy. Like he's, he's, he's literally just okay. Don't don't ruin any of this any of the stuff you've seen for everyone else who's going to come and see this movie. My my theater had like maybe 50, 60 people in it, and it, that was that was a Dolby Cinema on a Saturday. Well, yeah. So it 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 didn't draw the crowd. I think they were expecting. Um, I I liked it. I I feel like it's one of the upper tier stuff DC has put out because I've seen him swing and miss real hard. Um. I also am really not a fan of the voiceover exposition at the beginning. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I hate when they do that, but I'm going to give it a pass even this time. Even though it was a child, well, even though I'm it was gonna... like a kid who we eventually see in the story. Yeah. I just, about I just find it. Yeah. Samaritan I, did that too. I, I, you I, like I kind of hate. No, I didn't. I really didn't. Um, I kind of hate when they do that, but I'm giving this one a pass on that because it becomes extremely relevant to the plot later. Like right. what they lay out in that first what five yeah. minutes or so just like samaritan um sorry, yeah sorry. <laughs> no not really um <laughs> i get that too but I, you're right i i did i definitely related to the human characters in this but holy crap Hawkman looked good and when dr fate showed up i was just yeah. like ah oh, yeah they they finally embraced this character and like really went nuts and you're right that was gold as shit that helmet like they they it nailed great. it yeah um like again but again i you're right i think i feel like it was at least two movies um yeah and the jsa getting sent in to fight him like they set his powers and his strength in the first 20 minutes of this film they also set his vulnerability and you're like well no one's gonna beat him like everyone's fucked so that kind of set the yeah. stakes for the other people other people we knew were coming but then the the vulnerability thing they never really used that again and i, I felt that was a little bit of a, a missed opportunity because like you set up what hurts the superhero and then you don't really ever use that again but yeah. i mean it's it's one yeah. of those ones I'm, I'm a little on the fence with it like suicide squad that like the suicide squad was fun and it was a romp and i rewatched it and i still like it and this one i, I don't know if i could see me rewatching it more than twice Hmm. Yeah. yeah what do you think jeff i there was a decent amount of time in this movie where i was watching it and i was like you know what 
I'm fucking fighting for this movie. I'm okay with this. I'm, I'm totally on board <laughs> for this. I, I'm into it. It felt contained. It felt like they didn't care about any other mythology outside of this one. It felt like it was bordering on satire, which is a word I love using in this podcast because of all the th- a lot of the, what John had mentioned too. And I completely agree with both of you about the number of different films in it. I think... The crux of it that was that I liked to start with that. We'll, t- we'll get to Dwayne in a second because he he's still him. I know that this wasn't the most charismatic performance. He tried to do the Clint Eastwood thing, or he did um, as much with, by doing as little, strip himself really down. Just the, yeah, they really yeah, they, <laughs> a little heavy handed. But anyway, we'll talk about him later. But I loved the idea of not even just like who's evil and who's good. Cause again, Samaritan vibes all over the place with this and actually having it too contained also gave me Samaritan. Tell me, you, tell me when that kid was like, Hey, rise up. And everybody went, okay. Tell me you were in like, Oh yeah, that's that scene from Samaritan where one speech later, the whole town is just fucking torching mm. the city. Anyway, <laughs> I, what, what I loved even more than this is the idea that we have basically it, it, it's a spin on the superhero genre in a way different way than the boys, but it says, okay, we, we have these justice leagues, you know, I'm putting that in air quotes, but all the, all whatever justice societies or ensembles we have, they're all different, right? There's the Deadpool X-Men societies, there's the X-Men, there's the Justice League, there's the Avengers, etc. There's the villain versions of those. And they go around the world to keep peace. But there's certain countries where it's like, Peace for us sucks. <laughs> Make it better. Why don't you help establish a government? You know, don't come in here and tell us what peace is. You don't know who we are. You don't know anything about us, which John had touched upon this already. So I actually loved that idea. Like straight up, not liked. I loved that idea. They just shot themselves in the foot so many times. That huge battle at the beginning was so early. Like, it, yeah, it was kind of cool, but uh, where do you, you know, where do you go from there? Because that becomes the movie now. The movie is, be, is becomes okay. Well, you have a fucking nuclear bomb flying around, you know, and then he's just destroying bedrooms, and you can't even tell him to stop because he's too explosive, you know. Like, it, we, I thought it was contained. I thought it was simple. I thought it was we just want to be free. We just want to be a free city, you know. That's all we want is the hero to save us and then leave and let us be free. And I, I just, I really love that. But then the third act was just absolutely a no. Uh, they, I, I'm all about a bold choice, but that none of that works. None of it unifying. <laughs> but it's just so true. Uniting the whole city. Renege. Well, I don't want to spoil anything. But anyway, the third, the third act. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. It, it wasn't too, it wasn't too great for me. Um, but uh, yeah, the idea of the mythology evolving. I mean, I was even thinking of just straight. I, I love the idea that the mythology changed over time which is not much of a spoiler to say that like in America, we have white Jesus, right? White Jesus loves wealth hoarding and he hates immigrants, right? doesn't make any sense, but it changes to fit our, so I love that the idea of these heroes changes to fit our wants and needs. All of these things are great and they're in this movie, but then the story comes in and then you have the, the I, when the king becomes the evil king and I was like, this is just, this is, it's so fractured. So you're right, there, it's just too many different movies. It, it just, it, it it just lost the point. If it if it just stayed simple, it really could have been one of the best movies they put out in a long time. If they just they just got out of control. Sadly, it kind of still is. Yeah, no, I, I still had a fun. There were there was a lot there was a lot that I really I didn't mind the couple times that he just fucking destroyed a house and the people who live in that house didn't say anything. <laughs> Nobody was like, excuse me, that's my kid's bedroom. Like they were all like, all right, well, we're getting the fuck out of here anyway. And then they're like, we just want to live here and be happy. And it's like, well, not in that building. <laughs> just got destroyed. But anyway, so they were like, hmm. okay, I, I was forgiving a lot of those things. I was forgiving a lot of them, but but they were fun at the same time. So yeah. I don't know. I was See, a little torn I, about it. I disagree with you a little bit because this felt this this film for me felt 
a little less we'll just throw characters against the wall and see what sticks because each each one of those like justice society think, people got an arc i don't think except, that's, that, except that's, for cyclone i felt like she got a little ripped off that, that's not exactly what i was meaning though yeah I, I wasn't saying that let's just see what works in the the mythology like the, you know if this works we'll keep mm. them around forever i, di- I didn't necessarily mean I, that. I did notice some interesting comparative comparisons i feel like adam smasher um who is could, like could the newest funny. new member of the team he he kind of played it like is he now dc's tom holland peter parker I was, okay, so that, I that was you, the vibe I was getting off that character. So that's what I wanted to, that's what I wanted to ask you, Dave, as a superhero, you know, you, you know more than I do. Let's just, let's, let's simply say that. Cause I wish I just had like a button I could press or like something to just let listeners know that thing I've talked about a long time for the past baby, basically two years. I feel like I kind of have to just tell myself this is for superhero fans. This isn't necessarily for me anymore. Like I'm not really hmm. attached to the, I don't know any of these characters so I'm going into this cold. So I did feel like, unfortunately, Marvel kind of got there first with a lot of their archetypal superheroes. They, they established their anthology earlier in a more successful way. So every time I saw, like, Doctor Fate is Doctor Strange. Adam Smasher is Ant-Man. Like, I kept doing that while I was watching this movie. And it kind of just started feeling like... And a lot of people I, have. I know, we have I, I, know, I know we have these two universes. I know that there's only so many superheroes you can have, and of course there's going to be some parallels. That it's not their fault. Like I don't want to hold it against them. As, oh no, they were they were ripping creators. each other's work off like crazy. Like it's, sure, it's documented. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure. But they I, were. I will I will point out in your comparison though, Doctor Strange first appearance July 1963, Doctor Fate first appearance May 1940. So in according just to took, me, they Doctor just took, Strange first yeah. appearance 2018. Yeah. Doctor Fate's first appearance. They just took longer to get you know there. I mean? like yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. Whenever the first Doctor Strange was. But, but a lot. Yeah. A lot um, of a lot of the know, I guess Strange I'm, stuff was ripped off. There are so many interesting ideas in this movie that seem to apply to each of these heroes, and and I just didn't have a chance to to feel gripped by them. And this was a thought that I kept having in the movie theater because I was blown away as as you want to be. I saw it in IMAX. It was you know. A lot mm. of the actual technical filmmaking was really, really cool. They had the classic DC Zack oh, yeah. Snyder slow motion in the, a lot of the fight scenes. It was That's, fantastic. That slow motion on Cyclone was amazing. Language. I like the yeah, Cyclone. It was fucking so cool. But as Jeff has said, you know, several you know several episodes ago, you kept talking about this. And I, I totally agree with you that like action sequences almost lose their impact if you find yourself not caring about the people in the battle. And that is, it just kept happening with this one. I felt like I was, I felt that that thing happening. And so I started thinking about Top Gun. And I remember just thinking like, why, why, what is missing from movies like these nowadays where we all still like superheroes, if you, if you like superheroes at least, we're all hmm. still willing to go to the movie theater and try to get on board with this kind of gigantic storytelling and mythology. And, and why, why did everybody seem to react so strongly to, to something like Top Gun this summer. And none of these superhero movies have really had the impact that some of the earlier Marvels did and like the Batmans, the uh, Chris Nolan's Batmans. It's emotional storytelling. Yeah. The, you can't shove those things into people's faces because Jeff, I totally agree. His story is cool. His story, uh, Jeff, uh, Dave, I totally agree. His vulnerability is very unique. What a clever idea of putting that into the origin story. I, had, I did not think about that. That caught me off guard. And they didn't end up using it as his constant Achilles heel. It Mm. wasn't his Batman, my parents died when I was young, and everybody knows it, so you know I'm fucked up from the get-go. 
they tried to use it as a, they tried to supplant it as a surprise third act twist. And therefore we had the false expectations for him the whole time. He wasn't we some spoilers. He wasn't. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, let's, let's go into let's go into spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers. spoilers no, no, John, spoilers, keep going. Spoilers, I, spoilers, John, spoilers. You're, no, you're on. You're on to something that's right now. Spoilers. So, I, mean, I mean, honestly, that's, that's kind of all I just want to say. Anymore. That there were there were so that's many op- opportunities. I felt that if we were in our proverbial writer's room and we had this new character and we were talking about guys, we have a potential franchise on our hands. Why wouldn't you try to take your time? If there is anything that I, I Dave, you tell me if you disagree, but I think. The superhero community appreciates it, and people like me who are on the fringe, who are willing to watch these, if it's really well-told emotional stories, we are all going to be more excited about a multiple movie arc because we care about what they're going through, not how strong they are. It can't just be about how strong they are. Like that's that story gets. Well, I mean, in, that's in, in if you want to if you want to make that comparison, lean into it. Like Tony Stark's Iron Man, in the the movie version, goes through a complete arc from a, just a cavalier asshole to I'm trapped in this cave and might die to I'm going to help people and I'm going to go back and help this country because it turns out my weapons are, you know, the thing killing it. And then from that point, they drop the end with I am am Iron Man and he outs himself. Mm -hmm. And that left everyone just like, that's a whole four point arc and it just left everyone leaning forward going, where's this going to go? Like, because you went on that journey with him and and you're right. These, these guys, just one of them turned up on a bike um, another one just got picked up in a car and he called his uncle and I, I, granted the uncle cameo was hilarious to me. As soon as that came up, I was like, Holy sure, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> anytime you get to see Henry Winkler. Is yeah. Right. Horrible. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they kind of shortchanged him on the next thing they're on a plane and they're fighting. And Which, that, Dave, tell me who, who created black Adam, uh, from the DC writers. Do you know? Was I can't it the remember. same person who. Because I know there's there's always you know he's, a few writers that create a bulk of the characters. He, I can't remember who the writer of Shazam is. I think it was. It's, it says Bill Parker and CC Beck are the two. Because you like, I don't know the, the with Shazam you. world, right? Well, it absolutely is. Because like in Shazam the movie, if you remember, there's a quick throwaway line about we only yeah, yeah. We, we only ever chose wrong once. So and the, the biggest tragedy to me. I don't mean C- to be C- overdramatic. CC Beck, who created Shazam, also created Black character, Black Adam, the character. So DC's flaw, and anyone who has heard me talk about this before, I'm sorry, my co-hosts have, but Super Superman is inherently flawed as a protagonist because of his lack of emotional internal obstacles. He doesn't have them. He has one physical external obstacle. This is fucking Superman with internal obstacles. They, they wrote a better character <laughs> that has something really rich going on inside. They also gave him a very unique physical aspect to that because he doesn't remember living 5,000 years. It happened yesterday to him, mm. his, his emotional obstacle. That's so incredible. I, they solved a wonderful problem for themselves as a, as a I don't know, whatever you want to call them, as a, as a world, as a universe of storytellers. And I just, I just, I was so shocked that they ended up not really leaning into that and trying to tell us an anti-hero from a relative, like something that we could relate to, letting us kind of tap into his pain as opposed to being I mean, kind of playing is. with the idea of the theme. He kept saying the theme to us, I'm not a hero, I'm not a hero, but we yeah. didn't really care about that. In the, I, mean? I mean, in simplest forms, he was, he was a superhero everyone can relate to. Sometimes people are assholes and you've just got to kill them. Yeah, well, what's what's too bad though is he murdered so many people in that opening sequence. We didn't know, by the way. He just knew he was under attack. No bad guys. Saved, it's okay. 
Well, we know, yeah, but we so and he saved the one girl, which they they even mentioned that later. It's like you can't be entirely bad. You had a feeling well, that I was good. I was also the does, only why lady. Why does nobody but... ever think of the lives of the henchmen? <laughs> the redcoats, yeah, but um, <laughs> but in but then so then when you get to the violence thing and you're like, who's going to teach him violence? I don't want to teach him violence. If you follow symmetry in this, it doesn't have to be like film school worthy, but like he should be averse to violence by the end. And I just didn't get that impression. I feel like that was another little thing that they set in motion that they just diverted I mean, on they, entirely. They stopped him rampantly killing people, but the violence is, was definitely. I mean, Superman's violent. Yeah, I, I like I, sometimes I, you sometimes you meet someone who you cannot negotiate negotiate with, and you have to fight. That's what these so characters they, are. You're right. I I I, I didn't mind because then they tried to take him out of the equation. And they're like, no, wait, we need you. <laughs> Actually, hold on a second. We got to kill one more person. Um, we the, need Mothra. <laughs> yeah but but the weird the weird the weird thing for the weird thing for me is that i can't i feel like they wanted him to be valjean <laughs> you know because he was he was a former slave and then he got this power <laughs> but they but it's he's actually javert like sarah shahi's character but all she had was the son so again if it was simple storytelling it was i just want my son and i want a safe world for my son to live in and grow up in that's all i want but then they just sort of kept opening it up and i just i think that black adam for some reason, wasn't the best, or for some reason, they didn't trust him to be the best central character because they had all these other people come around. And I kept, I, I don't know, obviously I knew that he was the force in the I middle mean, of this movie, but if an anthology series came along, they just would have had the the four of them come out of nowhere and have their own episode and have their own background. But it was almost like they kept trying to beef up the Black Adam stories. It's almost like they didn't just trust it to be the center no, point. It's, which it's I guess the nature of the character. Story. It's the nature of the character because he, he doesn't really change. He's still resorts to violence at the drop of a hat. Someone fucks okay. with him, he fucks right back. And so he needs characters mm. with a strong moral compass to bounce off. So Black Adam on his own is just an asshole. But if right, you, well, you, know you have to throw you have to throw good characters at who him else? to teach him these things. So who have we who who is in the Marvel world that is that character that they ended up building an entire fucking franchise around and he has seven movies to his name. Wolf of fucking Reen, dude. He, in the, as the nature of his character, you think he needs those people around him and they suddenly realize that like, wait, he's got the most interesting internal problems. How, how do we actually put it through his perspective? Now we're always in conflict as an audience. But, but again, we, like... The, we're his, afraid he's going to snap. I don't know. His, his conflict is, is mirrored by the people around him. Like you see, like those characters are provided to, to put him up against as such. Like, so that you go, I, it is, they're, they're then, the force, they're they the force of up, good, but he's not going to follow that. So you yeah, need, you, you need that, that moral proved, compass there. I, I know what you mean. I think that's against. only true for maybe the first or second movie, but they proved that a character like that would, ended up yielding the most interesting conflict in his evolution of dealing with his problems, even though they don't really change. <laughs> is what made us care so much about this person that was at least aware of their internal conflict. And Jeff, I agree with you that like they touched and introduced that don't ever let me do this again. Don't ever let me say this word again. I don't, I don't, I sh some people, what was that great line? He said, some people aren't meant to be heroes and you know, don't yeah. ever let me say Shazam again, put me underwater, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's great. We saw Wolverine have that kind of recognition like 10 times and we still fucking loved it because there was there was a reason every time he had to come back, he hated himself even more for being who he was. 
And I don't know if I saw that self-loathing that I guess I was expecting to see at the end. There was so much... When he like rips the demon in half, the music drops and he says the the man in black said you did fucking like tore him in half, and it was like it was so awesome, but there was no tragedy in him having to do that, and I I think that they always succeeded with characters like Batman, like hmm. Wolverine, and there's some kind of every time like, they do that they're killing a part of themselves. I like straight after that though. Kind of, that little bit of development straight after that with the throne where he's like, I, I can be their ruler and he sits I don't think in the that throne. Was about him, though. But it, it was, was like, feel it, like it feels big, wrong. Th- it just, but that felt like a big conceptual thematic statement on, I don't think this part of the world needs that. We need to lead each other. We need to have our own leaders rise up. I mean, no, that was I don't feel like he was saying something about him. There was, it was definitely, it, it was definitely him personal. turning. It, def, it was definitely from my perspective, him turning away the crown. Like he could have ruled them, but he chose to protect them instead. Of course, but it's not because I don't think that that tied into. I don't think that I, I know what you mean. Like on paper, that was absolutely tied to his pain, but his pain is ultimately tied to death and violence. And when he had to commit violence again, I just didn't see him I, realize yeah. that like there's a problem with me existing. The fact that I'm back here and having I, to I do see this. What, I see what it, you mean. The character the character didn't develop the plot did because like basically the like what I referenced earlier with that opening. Well said. Yeah, that's good. yeah. What what I referenced earlier with the the montage and the voiceover was an actual was a lie. It was yeah the someone else's version of it, and then you got an extra bit which showed you what really happened, and then you got the final bit which showed you what really happened, and that was the development. So they didn't actually develop the character; they just developed the plot That's of so how good, he well became said, the character. Dude. And you know what? I think I've mentioned this before, but I had a really great teacher who we were talking about the difference between in story arcs, and we kind of we're talking about the different kinds of stories and how you know that there aren't that many, and we were kind of trying to break down as many as we could and deconstruct it. We got to the quest and the adventure. And do you guys remember me talking about this? Yeah, like, Lord what's of the, the difference Rain, yeah. between a quest and an adventure? And within, within a quest, your lead character changes mm. quite a bit and by what they go mm. through. Whereas an adventure, like an Indiana Jones or something, the, the protagonist doesn't change very much. The adventure happens to them. Yeah, he and overcomes obstacles kind of felt, instead. Yeah, so this felt yeah. more like an adventure to me. Like, I, I guess I walked away not really caring. Whereas, like, when I get that tickle, it's happened maybe three times where I've kind of, like, gone through the Marvel the Marvel canon, where I have had a very specific tickle where I was like, I kind of want to dig into a long arc of movies because I want to feel what it feels like to care about these heroes over a very long period of time. Mm. They're good at making you care about where they came yeah. from, what they're dealing with, and the their unknown future of where they're going. There's and and this one felt like Jeff. I know what you mean when you say contained, and I don't think you mean what what I'm talking about because I do think it was. It's always fun and successful when people kind of abandon the rest of the universe and kind of just tell their own story. But this felt so contained without emotion that I don't really feel a need to be curious about what happened before or what might happen after. I'm just glad that, like, for this one, they had extras because, the, like, the the first Suicide Squad, man, that that was the bear. <laughs> oh, yeah, you yeah, buzzed yourself. That movie was it's a low um, bar, Dave. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. But I think the the one, the, I, you're 100% right about Black Adam. And I think for the, bringing it back to this film. Teth Adam. Teth Adam, Teth, yeah. What the fuck is that shit? <laughs> this, I, think, I think the truth name, is. This, dude. 
this the story uh, so much of the story really does come down to the mom and the son and they they keep forcing them into the middle so i actually sort of disagree with john it's your initial take you mentioned something quickly like you, you thought they wanted us to care more about the villain i thought they were trying to earn not the villain the superhero i thought they were trying to earn dwayne the rock johnson's line you need to you need to be your own you to be your own heroes you need to find your own heroes. You know, you can't rely on us. Obviously, we're unreliable. This, none of this checks out. It doesn't make sense. It only leads to problems, and we can solve a little bit. But you need your own heroes, which I think the boy meant like, oh, well, maybe I'll be the leader and I'll step up, which, I, you know, that part kind of didn't land for me. So I think they wanted it to be mom and son. And that's what I mean about, like, <laughs> Dwayne Rock Johnson being, like, the Javert who might be good as opposed to the Valjean. Because it's like they kept leaning into this. It's like, this is my son. This is this. And he kind of learned the lessons. But I feel like they didn't I feel like they wrote that into the center of the story but they just they realized that Black Adam needed more and then he needed the other characters around Black Adam and I feel like they just couldn't figure out what the actual center story is does that mm. make sense because I really thought the center story of this movie was mom and son crown it, she wants it, to protect the family jewels she needs help with her city I really thought they were the center it did and give, then, you give you a nice point of conflict for you as a watcher because like They've set up the this family and that those people who love this protector, and then in comes the Justice Society to take that protector down. Right, and you're like, it's well, like shit, whose side am I on? I, I was never not on Black Adam's side. I don't want to get. I, I, totally I mean, agree mainly because you, you knew he was going to kick their ass. <laughs> like, yeah, but I totally also agree with what it's, you guys the, are saying. it's the movie. I mean, there's. I don't want to get lost in like the what could have been weeds, but. I know what you mean. That like you, when you watch it, you feel like it may have been on the page, and then and then and in and in that question, and then you have casting. Who knows when the Rock came on, and then you're like, well, God damn it, we got to build no, something dude, the, around the Rock's, the Rock's been guy. the Rock's been with this film for 15 years. Okay, he's been so trying. Guess, he's been trying to get this made. I guess if that's true. Yeah, for 15 years. I guess if that's true, then that kind of bothers me because I think they have an opportunity to have turned this... Dave, if what you're saying is correct and that he never really changes and he's more of a two-dimensional supporting catalyst for what happens around him in the DC universe, that sounds to me like there's a there's an opportunity to go 110% into the lives of the humans and have him be more of like a Godzilla or like in The Watchmen, have him be more like Dr. Um, Manhattan, hmm. where it's kind of like the ultimate hmm. force is there. And it's not that they don't matter. They can come in and have very potent, meaningful, emotional connections or do things that have an emotional connection that aren't just catastrophe, but that their their presence is kind of looming as a secondary thing. Like they're always there as a threat or a potential threat. Well, I mean, and then possibly as a potential savior if the threat is high enough. Whereas trying to build a vehicle around the most recognizable face in the movie, I just didn't know anybody else as well. So I, I mean, kept again, waiting for them are, to make me care hard. about the rock. These are hard. Like you referenced Dr. Manhattan there. Like it's like Superman, um, Black Adam, Dr. Manhattan, um, who is a character from Watchmen who can literally rearrange matter, but you can't use his toilet. Um, he, <laughs> okay, fine. I'll drink this sec. Um, but like you have these characters that are so powerful, they're just unbeatable. So immediately, the second you take on this project, you've written yourself into a corner. So you kind of have to build stuff around them because they, I'm saying, they can't I feel be like beaten. They did do well with Dr. Manhattan and the Watchmen. I think one of the best, most successful parts about that movie is that he's not the center of the story. Yeah. And then. And, 
they I don't know. I guess I just feel like that. they, and neither is Godzilla, right? In all the Godzilla movies, you end up caring about the people who are, if the the good right. ones. I think you 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 guys know what I'm saying. So I guess I feel like it's kind of interesting to me that Dwayne the Rock Johnson and his management, who are obviously very successful at what they do, you think chose well, a what, character. What, what's for, the giveaway for you? <laughs> the most expensive Man, movie star in the world. Yeah. God, he's successful. Yeah. Uh, there's also a part of this movie where he was like, I like think he's... he was telling the world, stop talking about me being president. It doesn't feel right. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to crush this throne. Let's not maybe, talk about yeah, it anymore. Maybe, yeah, that was, that was his final <laughs> final statement maybe. on that. No, there's actually a photo circulating um, online that shows what he looked like when he started pitching this movie. And it was literally 15 years ago. And he looks like the character that they pasted his face onto. In like, <laughs> or he was like kind of skinny. <laughs> the other thing I kind of liked as well, I'll, I'll just quickly bring that up. I was, it bugged me that he spoke English. The whole, me and, too, dude. What the, the whole, whole thing? He spoke okay, it but, very quickly too. I thought he was going to no, no, at least learn the it. Thing. Like uh, the second like Lord he, of the, Rings the second he said, the second he said Shazam and went back to the other one, he spoke his original language. So apparently, the power of Shazam turns you into a fucking universal translator. But so, again, not to quote, the, not to bring back the X Men. Not many people like this movie, but in X Men Apocalypse, I loved how Oscar Isaac touched the television and learned English yeah. and learned yeah. all the New World stuff. Yeah. Like he connected physically to the New World mm. using his powers. They showed it to me, and it was very effective. I was like, God, that's they, fucking cool. They didn't. Now he's but that's the thing. They didn't. Everything. They didn't draw attention to it. It was just something for you to find. Like the second he said Shazam, Shazam, and turned back into his original form, he could only speak his own language. Jeff sent us a text, listeners, uh, over this past week where he was watching Return of the Jedi. Oh, my God. And in a very funny, comical way, and I'm kind of sad you didn't rant about it, he kind of was pointing out the holes. Now, anyone who's a We all know these things. We know. I know. know. That's what what I'm about to say. Everybody knows the Return of the Jedi. It's like they stopped lifting their weights. There's a lot of problems they just didn't solve. They introduced them, and they're like, you get it. You're in the Star Wars universe. You've been with us for two movies. Just come along for the ride. nine-year-old me did not give a fuck. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. We still have fun, but yeah. you know what? When you get to a point where these these superhero movies are, where there there are so many of them now that we're not really yearning to have more content. We're yearning for great content in that kind of storytelling. You gotta you gotta work hard to solve these problems. You gotta tell stories well. And I felt several times in this movie, at the very least. Like they were really relying on me to just care about the fact that it's superheroes. Mm. Don't worry about it. If they tell you all their exposition in a single line, just go with it. And I was just like, God damn it. Like, come on, you guys. Like apparently you you can't um, get away with that anymore. We've seen too much really well-told stuff. Apparently there's at least, I agree. Apparently there's at least 45 minutes, (laughs) I think of JSA footage. What? Like left. That was cut out of the film. Like just doing? more scenes between them, building their characters Dave, up. And- Dave, please just tell me, dude. I'm not trying to sound mean, but like, what the fuck is the Justice Society? Is that a joke? Do they no. live in the same world as the Justice League? Yes, what they the do. What the fuck was that? And where the hell did they come from? I've never heard of these people before. It's, I thought it was a dude, joke. It's the B team when Superman shows up late. The B team went to go fight <laughs> Superman because he's basically this Superman. is so Deadpool-y. I'm I'm glad I use the word satire. This should have just been a fucking satire. You guys have seen the end of Peacemaker, right? Yeah, of course. I love <laughs> Jeff. You're totally right, dude. Shit. If this was a satire, it would have been really subversive, and I think it may have been able to poke all the buttons. And it would satire can get away with throwing the ideas at you because the whole point is isn't this ridiculous that we're creating this world without creating this world because you live in this world, and they didn't. They, they 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 told they tried to go totally sincere and I wasn't sure if I was allowed to laugh or not. 
the people around I mean, me were not laughing at the things I was laughing at. I was still entertained. <laughs> I, I was still entertained by this movie despite me not liking the third act at all. I, I even, yeah, I, even I, I like Cyclones. I, I enjoyed this. So was, what's really funny about the main character is I liked Pierce, and I actually really liked Aldous Hodge's weird relationship with everybody. I feel like whatever, even if it was a little heavy-handed at times, like the you and me in the middle of the fight, and it was like, okay, you keep saying that, but like, you got it. But okay, like, no, that was funny. It was funny, and yeah. I actually I think. I don't know if it's the actor. I don't know who. I don't know who to give the most credit to. But he had a distinct relationship with everybody, <laughs> and yeah. he did it. And he did it very quickly. Him and Pierce had a very, very obvious they, like paternal kind of relationship. But also like Aldous is like biding his time because he has we'll so see. much respect, but doesn't believe he does everything the right way. I got all of that in such a little bit about a time. Cyclone ends. Adam Crusher is that? Come on, they have to. Adam, have Adam, to, Adam Smasher. I, it's just. It's really funny that it's Black Adam and Adam Smasher. I know that Adam is spelled no, differently, at, but it's yeah, like... Yeah, Atom. Atom. No, I know, but it's still... Come on. You, t- you tell me they didn't think about this in 15 years. But anyway, um, I kind of like the like the bumbling guy, but like I didn't need them. I didn't... For some reason, I didn't need the two of them. Not of course in, you didn't not in action, Not in action. <laughs> but not in action, because I like them in action. I thought those sequences were really cool, and I thought they were helpful. I kind, Again, I like the giant sure. guy crashing the city down that goes with the satire thing of these people. They come, and they quote-unquote help, but are they going to rebuild the city, or are they just going to yeah. leave and go eat some hot dogs in that's, the street? That's some Team like America shit thing. right there. No, exactly. So I feel like all of that <laughs> conversation was there, and that just wasn't the story. The story was like mom and kid, and then Black Adam had to do that. And then I, I don't know. It just it got diverted. Yeah, whereas, the, of course, the this story is was just cut. like attorneys. Just like Eternals, not Eternals. Just like Eternals, <laughs> a mini a mini series would have done this pretty well, I think. And if they went more satire and they just waited a couple episodes, blackout, and then the next episode opens with these Justice people, and I learn about them over time, and then you know, and then they can do that weird third act thing they did. Which honestly, if the movie ended before the third act, I would have been fine without even knowing who the villain was. And then the villain comes back, and I was like, oh my god, we're gonna have to rile up the troops. We're gonna have to have that kid become fucking Che Guevara. All of a sudden. And, and then we're you know like all of a sudden all of these things had to happen in the last like 10 minutes of this movie um i'm rambling now i, I think you get no, some... i had a similar thought about the uh i don't know if i thought mini series but i do remember thinking like there, there's so many things like this that are being you know really well made and lots of money going into them for production value that are getting put straight to streaming and i was thinking like if this has just gone straight to streaming is kind of like a side dc thing um Maybe my tolerance for these issues would have been less just because it's the small screen and a small story. Yeah. And, you know, they're probably going to keep expanding and expanding and it's just going to be made for people who like this kind of stuff. But there is something about I was just very aware when I was watching it. I was like, this is this isn't good enough to be its own movie. It just didn't hit See, enough of the things for it to stand. It was stand. so close, though. I, 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 would, so I close. wouldn't wish for that either because Warner Brothers Discovery is not doing straight to streaming anymore. Oh yeah, that would have gotten canned. If this yes, was a streaming, yes. we would have never seen it. Even with yes, the rock, like, give, me, give me the money. Give me the money. Oh my God, the Rock's agents don't have that in his contract. That if it gets bought out by Discovery, they can't dump the project. <laughs> that would have been such a good story. Uh, and then all we're talking about is the story and not the product. What a full circle I, uh, episode I will, we have here. Also, guys. also, finally, to that that cameo, the thing that the the Asha told me not to ruin, um, right at the very end. You guys stayed through the credits, right? 
No. Honestly, I couldn't get out of there it. fast enough. Yeah, fuck it. I was out too. I didn't give a shit. I didn't give a fuck. I didn't give a shit. Because you know what happens, Dave? By the time the next movie comes out, I was like, oh, they're making that movie? And they're like, yeah, because of that. And I go, okay. So also, the Harry, the Harry Styles reveal in Eternals did me nothing. So there's 10 minutes yeah, of my life. Okay. Yeah. So basically, uh, in the, the after credits scene, which happens mid it's mid credits, um, he's still in his castle, I guess, or whatever, the fucking the temple. And a drone flies in and Amanda Waller pops up, who basically oh, threatens right. him. I heard she had two, and I was like, wait, I thought yeah, she, she only had, had one. She scene. threatens All him right. and she's like, This is your prison. Like, you got How out of that she prison. she get paid for that three hours of work that she right? did. Right? This is, she's like, This is your prison now. Not as much as a you man would have gotten paid for that three hours of work. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. uh, so basically, she tells me you can't leave. And he's like, Well, no man on earth can stop me. She's like, I didn't say it was going to be someone from earth. And then the drone, ex- like, he blows up the drone with the lightning Super and weird. through no through no Shazam, like uh, black Adam and through the smoke, you see Superman come down and he just walks out and he's yeah. like, we need, we need to talk. Yeah. 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 And right. I was like, okay, yeah. do, you, do you want to know the fun backstory behind this? Sure. The fun backstory. But he's, he, I wish Shazam flew in so that we have Shazam yeah, right? and then a guy who can't say Shazam. That's going to happen at some point. That's got to happen at some point. It should be um, immediately. That's the only reason for this kind the, of comeback. The story behind the uh, the Cavill scene, they wanted it. He's constantly said he wants to fight Superman and he wants to fight Henry Cavill's Superman. And so they filmed this yeah. scene with a headless actor. They put a guy in the suit and just filmed it and took out the head. And they did test screenings with that scene. And everybody lost their fucking minds at the end of the movie. So they're like, we've got to get Henry Cavill now. So I don't know how much money they gave Henry Cavill to do that one fucking after credit scene. But he that that whole scene did not have a head on it in the test screenings. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, they probably, they I probably mean, you just know promised what? them a movie. Dude, that, I think that cameo would have pissed me off just because the whole time I was watching <laughs> this movie, I was like, is, super, is this the same universe that all the Justice League lives in? Because where is Superman, the first whiff okay. of this trouble well, happening? Yeah. <laughs> Like Waller's appearance. Give me a appearance. fucking break! Why was he, why wasn't he there faster than a speeding bullet and just stopping this? This happens all the time. Like Suicide Squad is in the same universe, so like yeah, but they're not yeah. Supermen. Like, well, I, I know what you mean, but it's fuck, I don't know. a fucking I just, giant starfish tore a country apart. Like, it's it's just so ridiculous, you guys. Jeff, you're totally right, dude. I think if Shazam had popped in, it would have been funny, and The Rock would have been funny. Like we like him to be. He's funny. Hey, come on, the guy's funny. But can we talk about that for a second? He is. You mentioned it at the beginning, so I want to bring it back. You thought, like, uh, he was channeling the the gunslinger from the Clint Eastwood westerns. Yep. I think I know what you mean. There was a part of me that was kind of like, it's good to know that, Dave. 15 years ago, Rock wasn't nearly as well known. So he did kind of have the big, tough guy mystique a little bit, you know, the eyebrow, yeah. and we don't know he's enough like about him to know if he's funny. King. That's not who he is anymore, though, right? No. Like, we, he's a he's the funny guy. He's a big, lovable hero, and yeah, he's like just, new Jumanji. I, just, I don't know. Like, yeah, I wanted them to bring that out a little bit more. There were I laughed at him maybe once or twice. I, I feel like it would have done disservice to the character. To have the Shazam but, yeah. people come in. Yeah, know, considering know, the whole, you know considering what? the whole, the like the the link between him and like, but when you the Shazam th- character, and I'm saying this, I'm saying this as someone who has never been in this position, but I think we all can imagine. When you have a monster superstar, the, the biggest star on planet Earth, and they have signed on to a project that doesn't get greenlit for a very long time, you have to change your project according to who they are because they are going to dictate so much of how we perceive the character, the movie, blah, 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 blah. 
So if they try, I don't know what changes they made, but you know, we we know who the Rock is now. Like yeah, we, I mean, we know who Dwayne is, and we have certain expectations. And the good thing about having a vehicle superstar kind of movie is that you can kind of cater to them and kind of build it around who they are and give the audience their little wink moments. Isn't that fun seeing Dwayne do that? Isn't that fun that. seeing Dwayne say this? And I feel like they did that once or twice. And I don't know if yeah. this. I, I, I feel like I feel like he, around him. Well, he was so into this character. I feel like he kind of put the like put a stop to it. He was like, "No, we we need to stay true to the character." There'll be one or two winks, but no, I'm not doing any more. Um, but now you brought this support up Shazam. I feel like that's an interesting question. It's like because he kicked everyone's fucking ass, but Shazam has the same powers. Like so, if they fight, the same, is that true? Is it the exact same powers? It's the power or of Shazam. Like, yeah, are there degrees of Shazam. No, powers? there's no degrees of Shazam. It's all or so nothing. Shazam, Shazam gave all of his his friends the exact same level of powers as him. Well, that comes up when Shazam two, which is coming out next year. Well, you know, we, we've all he, seen the yeah, trailers that, for them now. Like, yeah, that got that got that got pulled. Like, he kind of diverted power from the gods to do it. So, and now they're pissed. Interesting. Yeah. Was, that ki- was that kid wearing a Hamilton knockoff shirt? Probably. I had like a gold the, star. They the they from- they do they do shit like that. <laughs> how many times did how many times like you have to save my son and Dwayne would go to save him and then just like leave him in the building still and it's like not a very good job of saving him, dude. Um, guys, I think we should wrap up our uh, our initial our reviews whatever whatever this is our discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Can I it's it's funny. It's, it's funny though. In, in in talking to you guys about this, I've realized how much they relied on you already knowing stuff about all of these characters. Because think- your 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 responses to seeing these characters was definitely different to mine. Because I know these characters. Also, they cut out all of fucking Hawkman's mythology. Like we're at the end of Hawkman. We we can't have well we can't have everything. We got, fi- we got five. Have every- we got five <laughs> Doctor Fates left. Don't worry about it. We've, there's more five more Doctor Fates, but yeah, we're at the end of Hawkman. That, that's really what I mean about the, not just having a TV series. It's just if if you want to, guys. Yoda has one fucking scene in Empire, and then he dies in his second scene that we see him. He has two scenes. All right, so it's like we can't. We don't have time for all these people. Guys, you know? he's like, stuck with like, a whiny kid like, who won't stop like, asking questions. So he just kills. He just dies. Like, he just dies. Like a, it's like a pa- every parent ever. I felt like Brian De Palma when George Lucas screened Star Wars for the first time in front of his friends, Scorsese, Spielberg, De Palma, couple, a couple other guys. And De Palma was like, "What? The, stop, stop, stop. What the fuck are we watching? I have no idea what I'm looking at. You need to tell us what we're looking at. And he put the scroll in at the beginning to give him some kind of exposition to, to teach people a little bit about the world. So they're not just thrown in totally naked and blind to... You, who are these people and where are we? And why am I supposed to care about any Where of this the hell did you hear that? Because I saw the movie without the scroll. The first release on print on film print did not have the text scroll. I'm glad they added it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've heard that story before. I've heard it told by Lucas and by yeah, because the, fir- uh, the first press of the, the first press of the film doesn't have it. Maybe they maybe he showed it to them after it was released and then went, oh fuck. I don't know. <laughs> that, anyway, I mean, that's, that's that like, adds a certain fun to, to the story. Let me ask you guys this other question because I feel like. I think we have addressed this before, but it's been several DC movies, you know, several years have gone by. And as Dave alluded to, you know, they everyone knows they're not as successful for, for whatever reason as Marvel has been. It's because they, they're spraying and praying. All right. Well, for me, it's, it's all about tone. I, I think that they struck a unique tone with Nolan's Batman's 
and Marvel came up shortly after this first Batman and, you know, in between the first and second Batman. And they started with their fun, isn't this fun, wink, wink, but we're also going to make you care kind of tone. DC and Batman had the darker ones. They kind of stuck with that with Man of Steel. I personally feel like maybe their audience would have been a little bit smaller, but they still would have had critical quality if they had stayed with their, we're a little bit more grounded in reality or a lot more Mm. grounded in reality, realism, depth, and drama. And I feel like they have abandoned that with the last few movies and they've tried to have tons of fun. And it just, they're just, they wanted the drama in this. I think they. um, Okay, so basically, what's happened with DC? They want the mom. How many times is the mom like, I just want my son back. I just want to live in a good world. They really, want, I really do think they wanted you to feel that way. They just couldn't help and themselves. They shot it in, the and stuff. they shot that shot in a wide. They shot, I mean, you know, just literally, like the, the language of the way they're telling these stories, no, it's not, it doesn't exactly. feel like it's, it's supposed to be taken super seriously. It's the way they pulled it off. They yeah. said, okay, this sequence happens, and then the kid goes there, and then that, and then it gets really unemotional the way they do it. But the actual storyline is they want to justify that line you need to like, be your own heroes. Warner they Brothers has gratuitously so mismanaged DC for quite some time. Like at this point, you've got, you've got currently, you've got two Batman. Um, because they when they were going to release Batgirl, um, Michael Keaton was reprising his role. Um, you've got God knows how many versions of the Flash, uh, and now they're looking at another version of it. Like they've got the Flash on TV, the Flash in the movies, and then they've got you know different versions of all these characters, and they're just throwing shit out there, like left, right, and center, and there's no cohesion to and any then, of it. There's and no got the Flash nothing, in nothing real life, which is tied together. Drama. Which yeah, it's just, but like Marvel on its mm. on its side. That's <laughs> Um, they were cohesive from the start. The second they were dropped Iron Man, it it became like there was a tiny little link in everything, and it kind of led you down the path. But they didn't rush it and release a Justice League film like two fucking films in. Like Marvel did the work, totally, but also totally they were cohesive too. They felt like till now, like they yes, were in the same. Yeah, they felt like we were supposed to feel the same way about them. Some may have been a little bit better than others, but I, you know what I mean. Like it felt like you were in the same world the whole time. So I guess, do you agree with me that that may have been part of the problem that they seem to be running into? And and do yeah, you find like, yourself well, there, thinking, I kind of wish that they would have... No one was talking to anyone else. That was the problem. Like, it's... There's no Kevin Fakey at yeah, DC. They're looking, that, for, but, they're looking for one. They can't find one. Everyone, <laughs> keep, everyone keeps turning the job down. They're like, fuck this. And like walking away. Like, The Rock is the closest thing they've had to a consolidating force ever i think hmm. and now well, on the back of that you've got would, like you know the I flash two man of steel two yeah i wish they would go back and be more dramatic than marvel at least i would know i'm in two different universes like it would feel like okay i know where i am and you know i can kind of get excited to go there anyway, well that, that was the thing ask you guys if that you was, thought about they that. did the, they did the same thing like there's a whole different version of this of the first suicide squad movie that like exists and because the the movie before it didn't work they recut the shit out of it put different music in changed all the like like the action cut the hell out of it the different characters die at the end it's it's a whole different cut of the film that was submitted that the producers then changed because they were fucking panicking so it's like they're looking at what marvel's doing and going well that works let's change it to be that and they're not Mm. sticking to their product and that's the fucking problem Stick to your fucking product because your product's been around since the 1940s. It works. Well, I mean, you know, literally on paper it works, but it's so ironic that for movies, especially in this 
contemporary every, every era. Freaking they got Superman, first, they got every freaking Superman TV news. series has been a raising, raving success. Like, they knew how to do yeah. Superman on TV. And they knew how to do That's Superman true, in the I, 70s. I, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I'm not going to argue with that, but I personally didn't think for... There wasn't a moment in my life that I thought superhero movies could be great movies until I saw Dark Knight. I didn't consider that they could be good movies, mm. films, uh, if you will. Begins, until... begin, oh, Begins, come on. Begins is great. Yeah, film. Begins, I mean, Begins too, yeah. but I love Begins, Begins, but then when they Begins made Dark Knight, I was like, that was one Dark of the best Knight movies I've ever seen, period. <laughs> yeah, except for that one anyway. shot. Anyway. That one that shot. shot. <laughs> it's one bad edit. One, there's one bad edit in the movie. I challenge you to find it. It doesn't make sense for him to be there at all. It's it's when he's on the bike and he's uh, all of a sudden just rides through that window and through that corridor and there's no reason for that shot to be there. They're literally covering something else. And he's it also moving like fifteen miles an hour on that bike. It, yeah. so Dude, slow. I, I've I've <laughs> driven I've driven the tumbler. That thing steers like a fucking cow. It's <laughs> so terrible. <Wow. laughs> his wheels right, are way well, too the wheels, his wheels are way too thick to be agile. Um, we did it. We made it through. <laughs> Thank you so much for sticking around. We are going to now finish our episode with a quick round of what you've been watching. Dave, what you Oh, watching? what have I been watching? I fired up my AMC Plus um, this week, and I tuned into the Interview with the Vampire series that's oh. now dropped. Um, it's actually fucking good. Like, it, it turns the movie a little bit on its head because it starts with the reporter in his, like, 60s, and he's not well. Like, recalling and, it? no. He gets a letter from Louis and mm. saying, and he sends him the tapes and he's like, come and meet me here. And Louis, tur- like he turns up and he says, yeah, I was high. I was, you know, I was this and that. And I didn't really do the interview properly. And he's like, that's okay. I didn't really tell you the whole story. And they start from scratch. Wow. And I'm like, uh, yeah, and, and it's kind of cool. The casting is good. First time I saw the stat, I was like, oh, really? And then he opened his mouth and I was like, well, all in. So okay. I, I don't know how I've, I've seen one episode, but I'm recommending this on one episode. That first episode was fucking good. So I'm going to watch the rest of it. <laughs> I was a huge, huge fan of those books. So yeah. Man, okay. I took four pages to describe a Paris street. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long Dude, read. I like, uh, come on. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, I also, I just tonight we watched the uh, Netflix film, the school for good and evil. Um, oh if, man. God, yeah. the PR for that is crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. They've got here. buses. They got whole buses roaming the streets in New York with the yeah. fucking full thing on it. Um, it's kind of fun. It's it's a little bit. It's made for families. It's like if you've got kids and you want to sit down and watch a fantasy movie, it's like it's very Harry Potterish. Like so no one's not going to make that com- like comparison at all. But it's it's a good family movie, and it's good if you've got kids and you want to watch it with kids and stuff because yes. it's like it gets a little bit. You know, scary, but not no profanity, no that's that any of that stuff. It's yeah, right. not bad. Nice, sweet. John's typing watched, again. What, um, are look, what, are you, what are you looking up? You looking up your list? I was looking up. Uh, there was a movie that they worked on at the sound place I was at this summer called Do Revenge. It's on Netflix. Ah, uh, yeah. By, written directed by Jennifer Caton Robinson. She co-wrote with Taika Waititi the most recent Thor movie. Um, so oops. Okay. She did a little bit of, it. did a little bit of work on that. that they made it into the final cut, which was pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, that was fun. Um, cool little teen movie. If you're interested in like, it's like a total nineties teen movie homage kind of thing. So if you feel it's, like that kind of it's thing, got revenge in the title, I'm fun. on board. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. Um, something like smiting then, uh, people. I'm not gonna lie, I haven't, 
haven't <laughs> caught up on Power or Andor. I'm really sad to say so. I'm probably going to do that tonight. But I have been rewatching Parks and Rec, which has just been so glorious and happy and funny. Gotta love that show. How about you, Jeff? Um, I watched a lot, actually. Well, because I, I had like half watched things by last week that I didn't say. So I watched the Irish Exacta, Belfast and Dairy Girls. I love Dairy oh. Girls for how shamelessly Irish it is and how shamelessly, not shamelessly Irish, obviously, but how shamelessly sitcom it is. I feel like every sitcom now has to try to prove things. One or two times they try to dip into the dramatics and I literally was like, oh, that's not why I signed up for this, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> it's the first show I ever had to watch that was in English with subtitles. <laughs> I needed the subtitles. Right. <laughs> I was going to ask if you use subtitles. Yeah. I needed it. Yeah. And then uh, I love have Belfast. You, the best thing about Belfast. Have you seen Belfast, that Twitter feed? Where the, the, there's an Irish girl just using Irish words and explaining what they mean. There's a I whole need, fucking Twitter feed, it. dude. It's, I feel it's like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really fun show. I like Dairy Girls. Um, you were the one who watched Belfast. I saw that on the HBO account. <laughs> on our shared HBO account? Yeah, I watched Belfast. Well, because I, 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 I didn't finish it at first. Um, I love that they never show you a wide of the, of the whole city. I love that it's just their perspective. So I feel like I know the city. I feel like I know the streets. And so when Katrina Bell finally oh, has wow. her last, like, mo- did you guys see it? I haven't seen it, dude. I still haven't watched oh, it. It it's was really punching. great. Well, because you know the story that well, you know he, he, yeah, he's eventually it. he eventually ends nice. up in England, which is how he becomes the you know people think that's, he's English. That's but one of the ones actually, I watched on the plane. Right. Well, anyway, but oh, the, the, the the as the filmmaker not, intended, <laughs> despite the violence, them just wanting to stay because they know everybody. This is their whole life. They know everybody. They can Love let their kid run the street. Ugh, oh, it's so great. But anyway, I love that. Nice. And then I watched Light and Magic. The Lawrence Kasdan directed documentary mm. about industrial light and magic. Oh God, dude! Everybody at school keeps telling me I need to watch that. Is oh it my great? God, the closing yeah, line is. of episode one is worth it. Yeah, Lawrence like, Kasdan directs it. Lawrence Kasdan directed the whole series. Yeah, tell yeah. The, tell the listeners who Lawrence Kasdan is. Don't just drop his name. Well, he wrote Star Wars movies. He wrote Indiana Empire. Jones. He wrote he, fucking he wrote, Empire. He wrote, Empire. he wrote Empire. That's all yeah. you need to say. Because George was. Because so basically. The, <laughs> So it, it's, I, I actually, my favorite stuff is the Star Wars stuff. And then I had already seen some of the Jurassic Park stuff because of, I have, um, I have to ask, did you watch Caravan of Courage? No. Did you find no. it? You, you need to find this. All right. Caravan uh, was, of Courage? Yeah. It's what I recommended he watched after his return of the Jedi rant the other night. Yeah, I didn't watch oh, it. No, that's okay. okay. I, I love the Star Wars stuff. I will say though, having rewatched, I think I rewatched most of Empire and then some of Jedi also, uh, I had a very, um, um lonely week i guess um it's a little weird rewatching them after seeing light and magic because sometimes really? you, you watch the things fly and you're like how the yeah, sausage is made kind they're, of thing they're not flying in straight lines you know what i and mean then, and yeah. so it's and like, then you see that and they're like yeah we were making it up as we go it's like <laughs> yeah the stars and the other ships were gum <laughs> that we put on glass <laughs> like i mean it's br- it's a brilliant it's documentary brilliant. it's absolutely I, brilliant the switch to digital it's great but so i did i did some of that um i forget well, it makes if I me think about else, how but... um that makes me think about that's something we can abuse now that when they were making those movies, they couldn't abuse in the same way. Remember the anecdote I told you about when George Lucas was like, we kind of had a rule about how long we would sit on a shot if it was special effects or a certain production design because we knew it was going to be on a giant screen. And mm. we basically had a threshold of time because if people looked at it, they would realize it was fake. Yeah, well, like we, we knew you know what? what we were working with. You know with. what really held up? There's uh, in Jedi, the scene where they land in the Death Star and all the stormtroopers are standing around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two thirds of that shot is a fucking matte painting. None of those stormtroopers are real. 
Dude, that, if we were watching that on a big I, screen, we would believe every second of it. I still I did. It's like if we were I still do. Scope, it'd be fine. I was yeah. this I was this Me many too. years old when I found out that was entirely fucking fake. I saw this I saw Empire with a, I saw Empire with a live orchestra. It was one of the best presents I ever got. Fucking my brother. Ooh. He as soon as he got that gift, I was like, God, you fucking asshole, what a good gift. That we <laughs> all got the gift. whole family. NJ Pack. Live orchestra, Empire Strikes Back. Oh God, it was so goddamn good. The best part about the live I orchestra. I went to that. Yeah. The best, the best part is that you're waiting for a dun da 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 da. Nope. The first thing the orchestra plays is dun 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 And so everybody in the audience laughed hysterically because we. I don't know if we forgot or it's just like it's such a funny way to open. Like we're all quiet. Everybody's all hyped up, and then. Not the opening of Star Wars, because then, of course, you see a long time ago, and everybody's like, "Did Fox ah! distribute Empire?" I think I forgot that. A hundred. Yeah. I, I will never forget everybody. Wow. La- every uh, thousands of people laughing because the first thing we hear is the fucking snare drum. I was ready for it. <laughs> da, 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 and it was a fucking snare, a solo snare drum. Open this event. It's so funny. Okay. <laughs> God damn it, fucking damn, what a gift. Okay, we gotta go, people. Next week, we're gonna see another good movie and talk about it. Like, subscribe, Linktree, Dave, you get the deals. See you guys. Bye, film fans. Best closing ever.